On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about the Judgment Day. We've got with us a special guest. Rodney Hampton was the speaker during our gospel meeting session, which just concluded, and that's why we're a few minutes late. Rodney is from, uh, I, I guess you preach in Albertville, Alabama. I don't preach. I worship at you East You worship that. Okay, worship, worship at East Albertville. Okay. And so uh, Rodney has brought us a lesson tonight about the Judgment Day. with some really interesting details of the Judgment Day. We want to examine that. We're just going to have sort of a roundtable discussion talking about some of those things, so uh, stay tuned. We're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and we welcome you to the virtual bible study this is the virtual bible study for thursday october 17th 2019 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob Gwynn. my father greg Gwynn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you tonight and as you mentioned uh the, the guest of honor tonight is in between the two of us rodney hampton is here hello rodney hi how are y'all doing Tonight. Thank you for being here. Glad, to have you. Uh, glad that you came up from Alabama and appreciate your message tonight. We want to hear from you uh, as we go through this discussion tonight at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And in the chat room with other listeners, uh, share your comments there. Um, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. We might mention uh, one more time uh, about uh, our special services this week. There's one more opportunity uh, for those in the area to come and be with us. Yeah, yeah, we've been having a gospel meeting all week here at the College View Church, and it concludes tomorrow evening, but a little different. We've, we, we typically do this. We end our gospel meeting week with a congregational singing, mm-hmm. and that'll be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, Friday night, the 18th of October at 7 o'clock here at the College View Church. If you're anywhere nearby, we hope you'll make the drive and come and join us for this thing. Jim Deason, who's well-known to many of us in Middle Tennessee, he's a good, great gospel preacher, but he's also a very talented song leader, and he'll be leading us in singing, and uh, it'll just be a very encouraging time. And, and if you are anywhere nearby, we hope you'll drive and join us. All right. Find out more information on our website, collegeview.com, or send us an email, questions at collegeview.com. We'd love to hear from you. On to the discussion at hand tonight. Uh, Rodney, you presented us an excellent lesson about uh, the Judgment Day. Now, you took a different twist on it because a lot of times, uh, well, the Judgment Day is presented as just all fire and brimstone and... uh, Something to be really, really afraid about. people shaking in their boots. Now, certainly, you did present some things that should make us shake as we sit there in the pew and listen. But you started off with telling us this is something that should be comforting, and that's a... That's maybe a, an angle and an aspect of this that we don't always think about. Yeah, I think that that perspective is brought out fairly clearly in the scriptures. Um, as you mentioned, there is the side of the judgment that God has appointed this day as a day of wrath, as Peter uh, referred to it. But there's also the side, and it's I think what we tried to emphasize is for the Christian, it's a great day of joy, anticipation, 
and some finality to our lives, the lives of those that have gone on before us, and we get a chance on that day to see many of these events come to fruition, like the dead that have gone on. At some point on that day, when Jesus returns, they'll all arise. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, um, as Jesus, uh, through the Spirit, said, when he comes back, those in Christ will rise first. And so they'll be the first ones to meet Jesus in the sky. And then Peter said that after that, we who are alive and remain will be caught up with them. And so a big part of that judgment day involves, uh, if you will, God bringing together uh, as one those that have died in Christ those that are faithful Christians that are alive and remain, as Peter put it. So. All right. But a couple of places, talking about this second coming in First Thessalonians, you mentioned chapter 4, verse 18, and chapter 5, verse 11. Paul explicitly says that we're to comfort each other with the idea that, this is, that it's coming, that the, the, the second coming of Christ is coming. So it's not something that we should dread, like, you know, we're getting going to get our wisdom teeth pulled out or something. It's something we ought to be looking forward to. Yeah, exactly. Without question, uh, the context of Paul's discussion there, uh, it was that there seems to have been some concern about what happens to the martyrs, those that have put their lives on the line. What happens to those that have died trying to do what's right? And it seems to be the perspective that Paul in uh, writing to the Thessalonians take. He says, now, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Say, so don't, don't misunderstand. They're not gone. <laughs> you know, they're not going out of existence. And he emphasizes the fact that if we believe that Jesus died and rose... And we certainly do as Christians. Our whole faith hinges on the fact that he resurrected. Then he, that's the point he makes. Then you can rest assured, see, that those who have died in Christ will rise one day. And he emphasizes the fact that they'll be the first ones. Not only will he get them out, but they'll be the first ones to meet him in the sky. Now, I had a quite, uh, uh, had a question along these lines as as I was listening to you make that excellent point, which I think is is a real comfort to us mm-hmm. and should be. What about a Christian who doesn't feel confident in that? What, in other words, I'm a Christian, but I'm kind of afraid. I'm worried. I'm worried about the judgment. I I'm not looking forward to it. I it scares me. I'm 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 just not sure. What would you say to a Christian who expresses that kind of feeling? Um, I think when I hear that, that seems to be a lot of reasons someone could feel that. Maybe they're just discouraged, you know. And, of course, that's what this passage is to do, is to encourage those that may be discouraged. There might have been some of these that were beginning to, uh, as Paul warned against, you know, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season we'll reap if we faint not, Galatians chapter 6. But 
I would just encourage them to to think more soberly about what it really means to be a Christian. Um, the the dialogue there is therefore verse eighteen, first Thessalonians four and verse eighteen. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so, again, I try to be patient with someone that had those kinds of thoughts, but it's not the proper perspective uh, of the Christian. It's not even spoken of as a day of dread for the Christian. Um, Peter makes that point that we, God didn't appoint us to wrath. Now, some he did. There are people like Felix. Felix should have been afraid yeah. of that day, but not the faithful Christian. Uh, I think that maybe that's the key right there. This might reflect the fact that I I know myself that I'm not being as faithful as I should be. I'm a Christian, but if I'm dreading this, then I ought to own up to what's causing me to dread it. If if I realize in myself, you know, John said God's greater than us. If, if if our own hearts condemn us, He's greater than us, knows all things. So if if I'm realizing that, that the reason I dread judgment is because I I know I'm not doing what I ought to do, then I need to make that right. Get 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 that fixed. Yeah, I agree that that part of it. Uh... If a person is dreading it because they know they're not being what they ought to be, that's a that's another problem. You know, that's a an issue that needs to be addressed. But I, I think that it, it seems from the perspective of the spirit here that there could be even faithful Christians might not have good information. You know, that that's Paul says, but I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those that have fallen asleep. You know. See so the the issue here was some that might not quite understand what's going to happen. See, maybe maybe they've bought into quote unquote a little of what the Jehovah's Witness propagate that we go out of existence. That's it when we die. You see, and we try to explain to those people, no, not at all. You know, and so I guess what I mean is, sure, uh, some dread could be motivated. I believe by uh, deep down, I know I'm not living right. I know I'm going to have to stand and answer for it, and I dread it in that sense. But I also think. Uh, that there could be a very real <coughs> possibility of, of Christians not understanding. That's, I think, like our lesson today. You know, uh, you might think, well, can you, can Jesus really get them all out? You know? Yeah. And, and, and look at what Jesus says. You thought this was something. <laughs> See the perspective? Yeah, and yeah. Jesus says, don't, do not marvel at that. He says the out you're gonna see something, you see, and that would that would perk you up, you know, go, oh, wow. Okay, you know. So the point I'm making is, yeah, I think you're right. if if the dread is coming from deep down, I'm not what I ought to be, that's another that that person needs to repent. Yeah. 
What so, about before uh, we're going to take a commercial break here in a minute? But before we do, you mentioned the state of the dead. The righteous dead are going to be ra- ra- raised first. Yes. Uh, I've always believed, uh, and you referenced it in your lesson, that the story of the rich man and Lazarus is is the maybe the mm-hmm. most thorough picture we have of what's beyond the grave. I think so. Uh, and uh, uh, that's something to look forward to. I remember a, a while back, one of our members here was sick. It was clear he wasn't going to get better, he was, and he was he was near death, but he was still very conscious. And we had good talks together, and and uh, I said. Uh, Archie, you're you're about to see what we've been talking about. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. You know, and that's the way we ought to look at it. It and, really and is. And, and he expressed he was he was looking forward it to that. It is. It, it's something to look for. Well, Abraham's to. bosom there in Luke chapter 16. You know, and you mentioned, and I had never concentrated on that. The angels carried Lazarus oh, what, to what, Abraham's bosom. What else could you ask? Isn't that for? amazing? Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now that's out of the movies. You see <laughs> what I mean? I mean, and it's really going to happen. It really happened. Uh, but this. Uh, I teach a lesson, uh, and I, I fuzzy on the title, but it's I'd rather be a beggar. And I'm in that lesson. From this text in Luke I'm emphasizing yeah. uh, that th- here's a rich man that's got everything, and in these worldly pursuits that we get caught up in, and then. Now, this isn't just any old beggar. This says, but there was a certain beggar full of sores who laid at his gate. You know, a pitiful condition. But when you see how this story ends, I'd rather be a beggar. Yeah. I'd rather be a beggar. Um, You know, give me nothing, sores, laying at the gate. If you can land, if if, if you can remain faithful, and evidently he was, and land on the good side of the Hadean world. You, I mean, you really done something in this life. That's right. <laughs> but, so, uh, again, I think that Luke 16 passage where it, it describes the Hadean world. The, there, and so. there's two places in, in Hades. Hades is not all bad. Huh, Jesus there's, went there. Jesus went to Hades. Uh, in Hades, there's a place of comfort uh, as Lazarus was comforted. It's called there, Luke 16, Abraham's bosom. Abraham was there. Uh, but there's a place of torment, and that's where the, Laz, uh, the rich man went. The rich man went to torment. I mean, in such agony that he just begged for a, one drip of water on his tongue. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's the reality of what's beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. And, but if we serve the Lord faithfully, we have we have the promise of of being there in that paradise. Jesus said to the thief, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Jesus called it paradise. Exactly. We think it's the same as Abraham's bosom, mm-hmm. but it's a paradise place where we will wait the final resurrection. We're going to talk about that resurrection here in a minute. So you, you, you talked about dreading it, and obviously there would be reasons why we would dread it. But we're to be comforting ourselves with that and even looking forward to it. John was looking forward to it at the mm-hmm. end of Revelation that mm-hmm. Jesus would come quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one reason we don't want it to come quickly we may not dread it but we not, may not long for it like we should mm-hmm. is that we've got our treasure in the wrong place mm-hmm. i got yeah. hey listen i i got a lot going on right now uh and and uh i got i've, I've got this big project I, i've got i've got a i got a really neat vacation plan we got a, we got a comfortable uh, house uh, yeah 
And I just, I hope he doesn't come real soon because he'll interrupt my plans, yeah. which is, man, you talk about being wrong. That, that's about as wrong as you can get, isn't it? That's right. So uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 22, I'm sorry, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, Rodney, when I, I, when I invest in something, I look forward to that investment, uh, realizing the, the potential of that investment. With Jesus, we're laying our treasure up in heaven. When He returns, I get to realize the thing I've been, I've been working for. That's I've what been you've investing been investing in. in. Yeah, my it, treasure's it, there. I agree, hundred percent. And I, I really think that's what uh, Paul was uh, illustrating through his life as he writes to Timothy. He's explaining to Timothy. These sufferings, what you see me going through, is well worth it, Timothy. See, now I don't know if Timothy was discouraged or he's just trying to prepare him for the, you know, he had told him, now you've got to be ready to endure hardships as a good soldier. But whatever is going on, Paul explained to him, I know who I've believed in, Timothy. So he's this is why I'm, these sufferings, this is why. He says, but I know who I believed in that he's able to keep. See, there's those treasures. As, as we do good works, as we work in the Lord, God's, if you will, for lack of better words, keeping score, you see. And Paul keep. says, against that day, you see, what's under consideration is these things are going to be brought up on that day. He, he's keeping track of what you said, Jamie. He's keeping track of what you're paying in you're keeping track of your investment yeah, exactly. well you you're laid up treasure and and, and uh, he paul had full confidence that as you said mm-hmm. he, he's not missing that can you imagine showing up there and yeah. you find out you know maybe you've done a good bit and you find out you got one thing down you know, yeah it's yeah. like you know we're not we don't have to worry about being shortchanged. that's exactly. what paul's really explaining yeah. it's the source of why paul would go through what as, as what he's explaining to Timothy, I go through these things, Timothy, because First, I know he's keeping score. Second Timothy one twelve. I know and, and who ag- I believe. Against that day, see when I have to when the when the books are open and I have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I'm confident of what's going to be written down. See, as that's why I keep on keeping on. Now let's talk. You uh, after the break, you mentioned the judgment. Now that would bring some fear to some people's uh, minds. The idea of the judgment, and we'll talk about that on the other side. This great day is going to come with a judgment, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Honor is better than honors. The strongest evidence of love is sacrifice. 
There are no traffic jams on the straight and narrow way. Man, wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3, 17. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight. Let us hear your thoughts in the chat room tonight or over the phone at 877-381-4567. So we're talking about the great day coming, the judgment day, and uh, there's comfort in that. What's it going to be, right? One of the things that I wrote down in my notes is I'd like to know if, if, you know, it's going to be next month going to be next year. We brought in the expert from Alabama to yeah, tell us. So we thought we'd just get you to pin that down for us. Well, I know when it's going to be. <laughs> no. Uh, no, actually, um, Peter said of that day and hour, no one knows. So I stand corrected. I, and, and no one knows. And in that, in that er, er, one of the first texts you brought out in First Thessalonians 5, Jesus said, as a thief. Yeah. And that, Thief doesn't tell you when he's yeah, coming. No. So for all the people who would try to make predictions, and there are plenty of have been all through the centuries, there have been people trying to make predictions, and there are in our day. You can't do that. And that's not so. The comfort is not in knowing when it's coming, but knowing it is coming. All right. Uh, real interestingly, you went to Matthew seven twenty one and following to suggest. And uh, we use that passage to talk about Bible authority, you know. Uh, but it's a judgment scene scenario that Jesus is describing there. Uh, and and the warning is for those who don't care to do God's things God's way, right? Yes. In that particular scene, and and we know that's just a very small part of the judgment scene, yeah, it's, but, just, it's just three verses there. He and, didn't go into and, great detail. And, and just one, it seemed one class of people here. Yeah. But now, he also says uh, there will be many. <laughs> you know, there will be a lot of folks in that line that have done things that they didn't have Bible authority for. I do think it's noteworthy that Jesus says, I never knew you. Never. You see. So... I've always taken this to be a part of the judgment scene. It would be those that uh, were not Christians. Now, not not those that were unfaithful, because these right. people were unfaithful. But he, you know, would have known them at some point. But if they if they had been Christians at, at some point, he would have known. He would have known. But them. these people, he, he says, says I, ne- I never knew right, you. Right, right, and so. Uh, they're told to depart. They in- ultimately lose their soul. Um, and the emphasis it should be to all of us that book, chapter, and verse. Because those people were, were religiously they, active. They had faith in Christ. Yes. They called they him thought, Lord. And they thought they were in the right relationship with yes. Christ. They thought everything was good. Yeah. They and, would have been. And, and, they were, and they were busy. They were, they they were, were doing good. religious deeds. Without question. Yeah. Without but Jesus question. said, I never knew you. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I thought that was really an important point to drive home. <clears throat> if people think we're overdoing it when we stress there must be Bible authority, we want book, chapter, and verse. We want to thus saith the Lord. Anybody who thinks that that's overdone or unimportant needs to look at that text, Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Exactly. And we just want to, you know, we'd caution anyone that has that attitude because 
these people didn't think it was important. You know, they went, they chose to act where God didn't authorize. They chose to participate in religious things that Christ had nothing to do with it. He didn't authorize it. And uh, significantly, uh, while they, maybe they spent a lifetime in that service and uh, conscientious uh, service to whatever these religious works uh, but the sad there's a very sad element there because um, ultimately these people uh, is told to depart and he said ye workers of iniquity so when the books are opened and the dead will be judged out of those things written in the books see that's we need to make sure that our if we cast out demons, and some did in the first century, then they'd want to make sure that they were authorized to do it. If they had done many wonders, they'd want to make sure that they had book, chapter, and verse for those wonders. You know, Simon the sorcerer worked many wonders, but he was lost. So he obeyed the gospel. But Simon was doing it for his own personal advantage. These people appear to be doing it out of the sincerity of their heart. They, they want to do what is right, but they're not doing it according to what Jesus said to do. Uh, and so it's it's more than just even my intention, my motives. Mm-hmm. It's it's my compliance Authority. with the instructions it, it that is. God has given me. It, it sure is. And that's what you referenced, John twelve forty eight. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I've spoken. Will yes. judge so the word is the authority, the right. instructions, the commands. God's going to judge us. Did you do what I said you to do? Did you do what I told you to do? Did you follow my instructions? Exactly. We're going to have to keep moving to cover all this, Jacob. Let, let me take you to another point. I'm, I'm just I just going through my notes from when you were just things that came to my mind, interesting things to think about. In, in Acts 24, when Paul had a chance to teach Felix... Mm-hmm. It says in Acts twenty four twenty five, as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way at this time when I have a convenient season, I'll call for thee. Why, why would Paul bring up judgment in that? Was he, was he purposefully trying to make Felix afraid? It seems, you know, the way I use that verse is I believe it, it authorizes me to do what I did tonight. I, I, I'm on solid ground when I teach people maybe I hadn't met when I tell them about the judgment. Because that's what I've got an inspired apostle in a, and when it's recorded from my reading, I can see here's what he discussed with a, with a, uh, a leader of a country, you know, a high society person, if you will, even, and a, a religion. Uh, I'm on. I'm on. Use this for lack, back of a, lack of a better word, a, a religious man. But I don't mean by that that he was uh, trying to follow Christ or anything. We see him cut. You know, a lot of his motivations were uh, monetary. Uh, he did things he wanted to please. He kept Paul incarcerated 
because he was wanting to do the Jews a favor. That's said twice for us. We see, and even after he leaves office, see, here's where he could have shown a little kindness. He leaves Paul locked up. See, he'd got all the facts. He's heard the crowd. He's heard Paul. He knows the facts. And he leaves a good, faithful Christian locked up in jail and... And Paul caught a bad break there. Of course, that's to be expected, you know, in the world. I had a a lady once, uh, I preached on that text and made the point that Paul's preaching made him afraid. He trembled. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes people need to be motivated by fear. Mm -hmm. Paul did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And a, a lady who was visiting later wrote me a letter and said I was wrong. To make people afraid of of, of the judgment, I, said, I, I, I guess she decided she yeah. knew better than the inspired yeah, apostle. Then, then Paul, it was yeah. pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Why don't we get a break here this week's bullet point? We'll come back. Where we're we going next? Uh, uh, Rodney made several points about why is this going to be such a great day. There's a great day coming. We sang that song. Yeah. I noticed that our song leader went back and changed yeah. that when he saw, when he heard what you. Uh, there's a great day coming. Yes. Uh, what's going to be so great about it? All right, we'll, we'll get that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. This is Greg Wynn with this week's bullet point. Birds and bats, bees and butterflies. These are but a few of Earth's creatures that possess extraordinary navigational skills. How does a bird know the proper route to follow on its migrations north and south? How can a bee find its way back to the hive and then return again with other helpers to the nectar-rich flower patch just discovered? Such accomplishments have long puzzled the scientists that study such things. An article in National Geographic describes research that has been undertaken to discover the answer to these mysteries. The conclusions are amazing. Birds, for instance, have been shown to use the sun as a compass together with an internal clock that compensates for the sun's changing position in the sky. And then there are the honeybees, which employ special cells in their compound eyes to recognize patterns of polarized light, which enables them to determine the location of the sun, even if it is obscured by clouds. Desert ants, we are told, can tell distances by counting steps from one location to another. Spawning salmon travel thousands of miles to return to the very section of river where they were born. Scientists agree that they, quote, locate home streams by smell, imprinting on the odors from soil and vegetation, unquote. Other fish navigate in murky water by generating an electric field and then sensing their environment through fluctuations in the electric current. Some insects are known to determine direction and location by sensing magnetic fields through specialized photoreceptors in their eyes. All of this staggers the imagination. The complexities of nature are incredible, but even more amazing is the fact that there are so many people who believe that this all came about by random chance as living creatures evolved from lower life forms. How can it be so? Who can believe it? Faith in a living, all-powerful God is a much more reasonable explanation. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the program. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Our website, again, is collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You know, some of our listeners may never have been there. Just listen to us in the podcast. Take a minute to check out our website 
thevirtualbibelstudy.com, collegeu.com, Kyle, where uh, you can find, uh, you know, you maybe you're too far away to come to our special services this week. Uh, you could listen or actually watch those uh, sermons all week long. You put them, put them up there on our website. Yeah, which uh, all of our uh, our uh, fall gospel meetings, all of them are up there. I, got, I create a playlist tonight, so you can actually just go right there and click uh, all, oh, of, uh, all of Jeff Mays and... You can start from the beginning or uh, all of, yeah. Yeah, you won't no, ben, miss ben it. All of Ben May. Ben May was here Sunday. Yeah, we ben had May Sunday, Ben May. Ben Monday night was Donnie Rayner. <clears throat> Tuesday night, Keith Hamilton. Wednesday night, Jeff Smith. And then tonight, Rodney Hampton. And it, and so if you go to our collegeview.com page, and then you'll find the link there to our YouTube page. And all of those are on YouTube. And so Rodney was live tonight, but now he's already in the archive and so you can go back and uh watch the sermon that he preached earlier tonight all right uh well rodney thanks for taking time to stay around with us to talk about this important subject uh lots of things to as you mentioned earlier to uh dad lots of things that are going to be it's a great day coming day why we would want to look forward to one of the things uh, i think the first thing you mentioned right is going to be a great day because all accountable people who have ever lived will be there which is a that's hard to imagine because, as you mentioned, the the world's population right now is approaching 8 billion. It's somewhere between 7 and 8 billion people. I've read a statistic, and I don't know if it's legitimate or not. I've heard some challenge it, but I've heard other people defend it, that half of the people who have ever lived are living right now because population is growing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. If that's anywhere close mm-hmm. to true... Then we're, we've got close to 15 billion people who are going to be at judgment. I, I, is that going to take like a, a, a million years for everybody? I mean, if we stand in line to get up there, how's that going to work? Well, uh, you know, when the power of God's involved, uh, Paul says, you know, uh, I tell you a mystery, you know, that we won't all sleep, but. Paul says something interesting there. He says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, yeah. we'll all be changed. So it's not so going to the- take long. <laughs> I mean, well, well, that, that brings up another question to me, though. Uh, how's this accountability? You know, Because you said, and I say when I talk about this, we're going to stand before God to give an account. So is it going to be, in your mind's eye, is there any scripture that would justify the idea that God's going to say, okay, now, Greg, when you were 16 years old, you did this thing. And I want, tell me about that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you about that. And, then, and when you get done with that, then I got another thing that happened the year after that. And is he going to just, we're going to go through a catalog of things that we've done, sins maybe that we've committed, or what's your view on that? Uh you know, I'm not sure. I, I believe on some level that's a mystery. But what I do know, what is clear from the scriptures, is that uh, we shall all give account that God will bring, and I mean, you know, at that day, you know, God will bring every work into judgment. And so, uh, 
you know, he's so powerful, so able, so capable, like we were talking about. Now, $15 billion to you and I, we can't fathom. But when, I, when we're dealing with beings that are going to show up with all his holy angels, it, it, then all of a sudden <laughs> I see it happening easy, quickly, <laughs> that, those type things. Yeah, you know, it, so. But, but I'm, I'm with you, and I do think the key expression there, it's a mystery. Yes. And it's, well, for one thing, I think it's beyond the capacity of our of mortal minds to comprehend something in that scale. Well, I, I thought about my own life. Now, If my sins that I've committed were being recorded, and they were and have been, you know, then if that's in the whatevers, <laughs> then times that, times all the billions. But now these are just the ones that I'm cognizant of today. Yeah. <laughs> Now, this doesn't take into account all my bad thoughts, uh, all my bad motives. And, you know, we've got a person capable of keeping all that, keeping that type record. And that ought to make us, you know, fear God when when we know he's expressed to us that he's counting our thoughts. You know, Paul said... You know, if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and have not love, it profits me nothing. See, Paul's aware that my motives are even got to be in check, that he's keeping score. You see, he's aware. So I guess I'm just saying it's just it's a mystery and and, and it's awesome. Yeah, and beyond our powers. I was thinking uh, of all that God's got to keep, keep track of. I was just thinking recently, if I sinned just once a day mm-hmm. since the age that I became accountable, just mm-hmm. just sin once, yeah. just had, just one evil thought or one bad word <laughs> or what, if, I, if, it just, if it was just once a day, I've got over 20,000 uh, Exactly. Sins. No, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, do I and need forgiveness? <laughs> Absolutely. But God God knows all about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, isn't that what's so... Um, Precious about the blood of Christ that it's capable of washing all that away, and and it's and the Lord care, cares enough to keep it, you know, there for us uh, if we need it. You know, we we not you know, uh, brethren, I write to you that you sin not, but if any man sins, you see. So there, it's a beautiful picture of not us trampling underfoot, as the Hebrew writer describes it. Just oh, I got a, I, you know, I've, I, I got a, some extra in the bank here. I can just, uh, it's not that. That's uh, disrespectful, mm-hmm. as the Hebrew writer puts it. And he warns now, if under Moses' law, a man sins died without mercy. So he explains now, don't play around here with the blood of Christ. But we find comfort in knowing when we do err, we don't have to, uh, you know, run away, cower, hide. 
we, we can fall on our knees penitent. It's a beautiful picture. And those 10,000, one can get wiped away with one confession of Christ and being uh, baptized. And we, uh, you know, we erase a, a new creature, yeah. you see. Yeah. Uh, though there, there's no 10,000, there's zero. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, a, it's actually a quite beautiful picture what we have in Christ. That that it's not one of dread. You referenced First Corinthians 15, 15, beginning about verse fifty one, where at, in a moment in between, we're going to be changed. Yes. Our bodies will be made incorruptible. Yes. What's it going to be like? What's what's our body? What's your body going to be? Let's see. I don't know how old you are, yeah. but you I'm, said you just recently had knee surgery. Your body, your body is starting to kind of break, break down. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is really. I'm well it's past good. you. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's my body going to be like? Am I going to be 21 years old or am I going to be what's my body going to be like? Yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but but, you know, in that in that passage, you know, uh Paul says, uh, behold, I tell you a mystery. You know, you know, <laughs> you know uh, if you're wondering about, so I'll tell you what, uh, we won't, you know, he gives insights, right. just, uh, what we, what we need to know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's plenty there to, to know. And, and these are things uh, I know I've thought about them. Uh, so we're told, you know, that, for it is appointed unto man once to die, and after death the judgment. And yet I find out, but we won't all, see, we won't all uh, die that physical death in the traditional sense, if you will. Uh, because he said in First Thessalonians 4, those who are alive and remain. Remain, you be see, some and, and he says that yeah. we'll be caught up with them, Yeah, you see. and But somewhere in here, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, uh, the good people and the bad people will put on, you know, for Paul's argument is for this mortality, see, must put on immortality. Yeah. See, to exist, here's the, the scheme of redemption. Now here's the final day, the last day. And then uh, men will have to be fashioned, see, to live wherever they are going to. That'll be the good and the bad people to get a body too. They have to put on immortality because what's been reserved for them, they'll be cast into the lake of fire uh, that has been prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew chapter 25. When we put it all together, even though the bad people... When they're raised, they'll put on immortality too. They'll have a body that'll be fashioned to live in eternity separated from Christ. John said in 1 John 3, beloved, uh, he says in 1 John 3, uh, verse 2, Behold, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but Mm -hmm. we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, mm-hmm. uh, for we shall see him as he is. So even mm-hmm. John said, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Jacob, I'm asking all the questions. You got anything in your list? No. Uh, you want to skip the last break? We're a little behind schedule. Do you want to skip or keep on rolling? Uh, yeah, let's let's just skip our last break let's skip and, it. All right. and keep going here. Okay. Uh, I thought it was particularly interesting when you made the point that 
one of the things that's going to make this a great day is Satan's going to get his due. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's got plenty coming. He does. <laughs> he's been a bad guy. <laughs> he really does. That's the book of Revelation is uh, the, the Christians that are under all that torment. They're looking to that. That's something that would bring comfort is that yeah. it's, the, the good is going to win. Mm-hmm. And, and evil is going to be defeated and punished. Yeah. Uh, and that's certainly something we should be looking forward to. Exactly right. Uh, that that uh, in Revelation chapter twenty again. I thought what what I really liked about the way you brought this to us tonight, uh, Rodney, is that this these are things to feel good about relative to judgment, something to look forward to, comforting. But uh, it says uh, it, it, in Revelation chapter twenty, he describes uh, the judgment scene. And those who were cast into the, the lake of fire. And Satan's gonna, Satan's gonna be, uh, destroyed. Verse 10. And, yeah. and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Notice this. And they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Yes. He's getting what's coming to him. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, over in Matthew chapter 25, the righteous were unaware of the fact that when they were helping Christians, that they were doing these things to uh, Christ. Now, uh, this impresses me because here God gives us insight into some. Now, you and I can read. We can educate ourselves and know that when, like when uh, Paul was on the road to Damascus, you know, Jesus appears to him and says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Well, Jesus meant when, what you're doing to my people. Yeah. You're doing to me. Same principle. And uh, well, here, this place, this this torment has been prepared for this guy that ultimately gets what he deserves. It was fixed for him and his angels. And the bad people get cast there, but we can be cognizant of that God has fixed a place for them. Yeah, and it's, it, this is this is this is a done deal. Yes, this, this, this yes. Is, this is See? not going. Yeah. Satan's not going to get past this. Yes, it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard the Book of Revelation summarize two words: God wins. Mm-hmm. God wins. There's a great eternal struggle between good and evil. How's it turn out? Mm-hmm. God wins. Mm-hmm. And Without Satan loses. Question. Yeah, yeah. Question. So, I, and, and that, and that's a, that in itself is a comfort thing. It is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a great day because the physical universe is going to be destroyed. You mentioned the Jehovah's Witnesses who think that this universe will continue to exist and it'll be sort of refashioned, refurbished, put back in a Garden of Eden condition, and many of the righteous dead will inherit this world. Uh, that's just not true. Uh, uh, and I, I see you're going there to Second Peter 3. You know, here's what the text actually says. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away 
with a that, great noise. That's the terrestrial heavens. Yes. Really, the, the, the Where universe. the stars and yeah. everything yeah. exists, it'll be gone. And the elements will melt. And it says both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Now, I've heard the Jehovah's Witnesses say, and you mentioned this, they say, well, that just means he's going to, the, the, all the bad, all the wicked, all the sinful things will be purged. They'll be burned out. But that actually says the earth itself yes. and the physical universe. Yes. Will be, I, I've thought that, you know, we, we hear that we hear this wild speculation about the Big Bang that created you. It, I don't think the, the universe the universe is going to be destroyed with a Big Bang. Exactly. No, I mean, that, the it, end of the universe exactly. will be closer to a Big Bang. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, and it says, you know, since all these things will be dissolved, that's gone. That's gone. That's yeah. all that is. Yeah. That's and not that. cleansed. That's not purified. You know, that's not cleaned up. You know, these these terms are burned up. Melt. Melt. Dissolved. Yeah. You know, things yeah. we associate with gone. That's <laughs> <laughs> what really? All right. <laughs> We're just about out of time, Ronnie, but I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Is there a contradiction? You dealt with this. I know that you'll give me the answer you gave earlier, but who in the world is going to do this judging? I One place I read God the Father is going to do it. Another place I read Jesus is going to do it. Is, is the Bible contradicts itself from place to place when one place it says God, indicating God the Father, another place it says Jesus? No, no contradiction at all. It's We just need to believe all of it because um, what's clear, uh, some passages say that, you know, um, God will do it. Some passages say that Christ will do it. Some passages say that God will do it through Christ. Yeah. And I think that's the truth of the matter. Yeah. That that way it harmonizes that God the Father, Jesus says he came to do his will. And uh, Jesus says he committed the judge, all judgment to me. But see, who did the who did what? G, he gave it to me. Yeah. You see, so I think it's in that sense that uh, God will judge the world through the man whom He has appointed, Acts chapter seventeen, and that'd be Jesus Christ. Yeah. One last thing: the standard of judgment, comforting things about. So your emphasis in the whole lesson was. Things about the judgment that are actually good and comforting, and it's a comforting thing to know the standard by which we will be judged. It would be it would be incredibly terrifying to go into judgment, but we don't know the rules. I mean, what was I expecting? I don't have no I have no idea what God wanted me to do, uh, and I'm just I'm just sure that I have not done the right thing because I didn't even know what the right thing was. That would be terrifying, but we don't have to go that way. We don't. Um, we all need to, you know, be aware that Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 48, I mean, there are a lot of passages that is clear, you know. Uh, James says, uh, you know, so act, so live and so do as those that will be judged by the perfect law of liberty. There's the word judging. But 
Jesus says, He who rejects me in John twelve forty eight and does not receive my words has that which judges him. Yeah. The word that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. That that should settle it for all of mankind that the Lord himself said that when you stand before me in the last day, my word will judge you. So that there'll be some judgment day surprises, but that won't be a surprise. That won't be. Finally, last question to you, Rodney. You mentioned uh, in Revelation 20 where it gives the, the judgment scene. It says in verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books, plural, the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. What books are we talking about there? I understand the book of life. In other words, if you're if you're a child of God, if you're a saved person, your name is written in the book of life. I understand that. But what about these other books? What what's he have reference to there? Uh when I put it all together, you know, Paul explained that where there is no law, there is no transgression. See? And John said that sin is a transgression of the law. And so to be held accountable for something, to be judged by something, you have to have a law. And so what I, what it seems to me, John is depicting that, that mankind stands before God. He says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And then books were opened. And I've always thought that the book uh, that Adam and Eve would have would be open. That's not our book. No, because our book, you know, like take Acts 2.38, you know, it wouldn't be fair to bring out you know, to try to explain to Adam and Eve that you weren't baptized. Yeah, okay, Adam, you Adam, you're, Adam, you're out. Yes. Because you never were baptized. Exactly. That, that'd be the wrong book, wouldn't right. it? Yeah. See, yeah. so I think the books, I've always thought that the books would be, you know, Melchizedek's book, that era, pre-law, Abraham's book, uh, post-garden, when Cain kills Abel, that book. Because obviously there were laws there, and Abel would act by faith, which implies that he had a law. So the point would be, the books would be uh, the things that men were would be held accountable for, would be judged by. See, that would even fit uh, all that's mentioned about we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give account. Of the things done in the body. Yeah. See, and, and, and it's not just the New Testament Christian, yeah. see, for we must all stand. Yeah. I yeah. saw the dead, small and great, standing, yeah. Yeah. see. So all of mankind throughout all the ages, it'd be, see, the Gentiles didn't have the, the law Old laws. Testament law, see, but, but they had laws on, on exactly. that they were being held accountable to. Just like uh, I was preparing a lesson for Sunday about Jonah. Yeah. Jonah went to Nineveh yeah. and told them to repent. They weren't under the law of Moses. Those Am- those Amalekites weren't under the law of Moses. Exactly. But they had some law because they needed to repent. They needed to change. That's didn't right. They? That's yeah. right. Without yeah. question. Yep. All right. Excellent discussion tonight. Appreciate you. Rodney, thank you for Well, appreciate you guys and the work that you're doing. Really do. 
Hey, I, I don't. I think it's better to have Rodney here in person than it was in that Skype time you did us. What was that? Two or three months ago? It was in January. January. I was, went back in January. Oh, right. Ten months time ago. Time flies, and it yeah. does. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys for hosting that too. Appreciate you being sure here. Sure do. Kyle, final thoughts from you tonight? Oh, it was good. I think uh, it comes down to making sure that we're. Whatever the Bible says, make sure we're ready for Judgment Day because there is a good day. There's a great day coming. So, exactly right. Um, we want to be among the sheep, not the goats. Right. So, Thanks, yeah. Scott, for being here. Thank you again, Rodney. Thank you, Dad, for your time. Thanks. I uh, hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.